0: right
1: there you have not been able to enjoy that sound for a while have you
0: two weeks it's a dry spell uh, and it's not like I, I mean i've chosen it i mean i could have drank if i wanted to but let's back up and tell a story because there's story time with uncle dave
1: <laughs> it doesn't sound
0: uh, the, uh, verbiage
1: yeah 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 it sounds like you should have a windowless van when you say that <laughs> <laughs> it really does
0: instead of a suburban and a an old PD Suburban. An old PD Suburban, which just sounds even worse with the current state of, uh... yeah. <laughs> Anyways, so backstory: I was over to a friend's bedside, and all of a sudden developed vertigo. Like, just what? sitting there, just randomly. Friend in the hospital. Right in the, ho- in the yeah. hospital, just sitting there chatting with her, and... She's doing well, all things considered. You know, she's dealing with her own medical issues, and yeah. you know, don't want to go into those. But it, all of a sudden, vertigo hit, and I was like, "Whoa!" Just like I know exactly what time, what day it hit. Yeah. I mean, because I looked up the clock, and I ended up I had to excuse myself anyway, so I had an appointment unrelated. Went to my appointment there at the hospital for a sleep study, mm-hmm. and then ended up throwing up. I walk. I mean, the whole issues with I have with that doctor's office. I don't want to go into it. I don't think I don't want to bad mouth anybody. I just don't think she quite understood what was really going on and didn't But well, if you're dealing with a specialist... Right. Like,
1: I've worked with a specialist clinic that are like, oh, that's this, because that's what they see every single day.
0: Right. And I'm not saying that they're... That she was wrong. Yeah. But, like, in a 40-year-old d- dude who's all of a sudden thrown up and sweaty and tachycardic most likely, it could have easily been other things. And oh, yeah. didn't trigger those... Uh, in my emergency mind exactly. that I have, my, my emergency medicine mind. But anyways...
1: We have that very unique...
0: Mm, agreed
1: thing of both of us come from emergency management
0: right and emergency backgrounds Yep. so having said that we ended up i ended up throwing up went out um to my pickup yep sitting there fired it up and for like two hours just sat there I actually was listening to steve ranella on one of the podcasts i don't remember what he said
1: <laughs> he just like it was just to it keep was the world from spinning
0: yeah just trying to keep the world from spinning two hours later i finally called my wife and i said heather honey i need you to come get me at the hospital she's like oh my god what's wrong i'm like well the world's spinning i'm okay it's vertigo but like i can't drive i'm not safe to drive yeah like i was literally stumbling around like a man with a fifth of beer or a f- fifth of beer fifth of liquor <laughs> yeah fifth of liquor in him and yeah. so i mean so it's like all the downside of all the stumbling all the yeah can't find your words all that cuz it's just so disorienting and so anyways dad came with with my wife and ended up you know bringing me home with the pickup so we really got home safe that was good and my, my mom, which is like a church mouse, like, She's like my mom, she, yeah, yeah, our moms very are very similar. similar. Yeah. Very nice. They're yep. people that don't swear. They're just very like good Christian old ladies. You know what I mean? And you look like shit, son. <laughs> <laughs> and, uh, although I wouldn't necessarily call my mom an old lady, <laughs> well mostly because it's my mom yeah well my you mom. know what I'm saying. well my mom's pushing 70 now so i can get away She's with it a
1: that. little bit younger than your mom
0: yeah right, exactly but you get what i'm saying yeah anyway so uh you know she says that i look like shit i went ooh, that's a lot for mom to say that ended up spending the rest of the day kind of you know a couple of hours called off to work right after an fmla with my wife Totally unrelated, which was like made this whole more comp way more complicated with work. But
1: I'm sure everyone's like, Yeah, right, uh
0: huh, right, Dave. Yeah, yeah. coming on sure. spring break. Yeah, we well, get mm-hmm. it. You want to stay home with your kids? So, anyways, I ended up going to the doctor the next day. They diagnosed me with you know benign positional paroxysmal vertigo, BPPV, which happens to all of us, I guess. It's your inner ear, just there's some rocks in there that get loose. I went, All right, it sounds so you, good.
1: You have some rocks loose.
0: Yeah, yeah, well, we all have rocks in our heads, it turns out. Mm-hmm. And so those little rocks got loose, and having said that, um, with my rocks loose, it was really bad. Yeah. And uh, so she put me on my for like two days. All I did was like lay there, let the world spin. It was like the worst drunk. And that's, meccalzine's like it essentially D- drumming me. me. Yeah, it's over the yeah. counter. Turns out it is over the counter, so my insurance wouldn't pay for it, so I had to pay full bore. Of course.
1: <laughs> of course. Of
0: course. But the folks down here at Walmart here in Eagle River were super cool, super nice, and they're yeah. like just go home and get some sleep (laughs) we're (laughs) sorry and uh, so slept for two days felt better but the world has always since has just kind of slowly been like I want to call it almost like it torques it's kind of a weird sensation like it's it's like I've got about four beers in five beers in that kind of you're drunk enough to where you're like I need to be careful you turn your head and the world keeps moving just a little bit from where you think it torques it a little bit more than it should oh wait a minute yep and you're like you know like going up and down the stairs you want to be a little more cautious yeah yeah. So, having said that, we, you know, I've been dealing with that. So, I went back and then now they think what it is is it may have been some vertigo, actual, true vertigo. Mm. But my kids have been sick, so they think that it's probably the virus, same virus, but it's attacked that nerve on one of my ears. Gotcha. Such, such that it'll eventually go away. Yeah. But in the meantime, it's try some steroids. Mm. Got to be like Arnold. That horrible, horrible, horrible. That was that was bad. That was horrible. <laughs> that was really bad. <laughs> but anyway, crap. But it, but with that, you know, some steroids, and it should go away. I'll go back to work on Monday, and life will go on. But it brings up a point, and more importantly, is if this would have happened while well, we were sitting in the stand, we're talking about. Uh-huh. I mean, bears are coming up, right? And we use deer blinds yeah. or deer stands. Yep. To be twenty feet up off the ground. I Thank they're
1: Twenty-five. Mine. My big one's 25. Yeah, and feet. the little one's
0: like 18. So, I mean, let's we just got, call it 20. Let's just call it 20. I'm, I'm going for size. 25. Bigger's better. Well, right? here's the more important part. We're size probably going to. Size doesn't matter. <laughs> At least that's what she says, right? Um, <laughs> God, this is down the hell fast. Oh, so fast. Uh, but I'm thinking about it. If I was sitting in one of our stands, yeah. 20, 25 feet up in the air, yep. and this hits, I think I could have I managed getting down. I'd have puked a few times. Because I knew what was going on and I knew to be very cautious and knew to be very, you know what I mean? And so I think anybody could probably get themselves down safely. There's ways to do it in terms of just like you rig on, like, if you're up on, like, scaffolding, how you always have, you take it and you're always connected. Clipping yourself in. Clipping yourself in. So at one point in time, there's two, but there's always at least one. Yeah. Having said that, now we have a 9, 10 mile, 15 mile. We don't know how deep our stand's going to be. Yeah. But it's a long quad ride. Yep. How do you quad out? I mean, because if I get to the main trailhead and get to the trailer, yeah, the wife could drive everything home.
1: Yeah. You know what I mean? Or
0: we kind of slowly get things loaded up or... Or, you else. know, something. Yeah. I mean, so, I mean, I can at least get out of the woods and get home yeah. safe. I mean, then we can... Hey, can we go make a you know party run and yeah. pull things out? And most sure. vertigo only lasts just a few minutes. I mean, it lasts, you know, two minutes. Like at a moment. quick little... Yeah, you go, bam, whoa. And, you... and then it comes back. But this has been going on for two weeks. Particularly those first two three days, yeah. I kind of go. I mean, I was in terrible, terrible shape, yeah. And so I was like, going, "What do you, what do you carry in the woods? Because I mean, it's a medical emergency. If this would happened in the woods, what would I? Have? I don't know that there's really anything I could have done." I was going to say there. I think there's a difference between and when we all think about medical
1: that you can plan for, well, and right. Things that just you just are going to happen,
0: right? But what I'm thinking is, is we all plan for, I mean, I think when I say we all. In my world and what I've dealt with in my lifetime being military, emergency Mm -hmm. medicine. We plan for the, oh shit, I just broke my leg. Oh crap, I somehow severed an artery doing something I probably shouldn't have been doing. Whether it be a negligent discharge to I missed with an axe to the chain jump to I got thrown off my four-wheeler. Something major. We all think to that. But what else do we carry? Like... Like, for example, I guarantee you now, in my pack, will be meclizine. I will have Dremamine, in my, even in my ATV pack. Because the thing is, is with Dremamine, the way this works, because mm-hmm. I've done a little bit of research on this now. Yeah. <laughs> is About that the time. Yeah, right. Um, is, that, is that once you've had that attack, you're better off take the Dremamine be a little bit sleepy because it will get in your system, and so it will prevent the second, third, or fourth attack. Because sometimes they come in series. Okay. The other thing is, too, is that if you say, well, I need to get back out, it will decrease the chances that over time... That a, they'll come, but B, the length of them. Sure. Now, has it helped me in this case? No. But like, so, like, what do you carry when you go out to the woods? I mean, I normally would carry, I mean, my pack normally sets a few band-aids. Okay. Uh, like an Israeli bandage, like the big gauze with mm-hmm. the wrap it up. Yep. Usually some duct tape, just because that's what I carry. Okay. And like a, a cat tourniquet. hmm I mean, that's kind of the long and the short of it. I really think I think
1: I, I'll, I have, so I love those little Dramamine tubes. You're right, yeah. And so that's, what uh, I take is I'll empty one of those Dramamine tubes out. And I'll throw a couple NSAIDs, because that helps me tremendously. Right. Uh, for me, that works. If I have a anti I'll throw an anti in there, so like, a, like Zofran, a Zofran or something. Yeah. But I don't think we have anymore. If we do, it's long, long past long due. Past due. So. Right. Um, but for a while there, I'd carry a Dramamine. Uh, not a Dramamine, sorry. A, a Zofran, a aspirin, like a little little right. baby aspirin, and then, <clears throat> and then. Uh,
0: so, yeah. but like, I'm thinking about this in terms of it kind of opened my eyes. I mean, I am a 40 year old man now because I just turned over my birthday. So, mm-hmm. being 40, I'm not in the world's greatest of shape. I am, you know, potentially a heart attack waiting to happen.
1: Yeah.
0: My blood pressure is fine, all that. I mean, there's no like outward warning signs per se, but what in the, I'm in the, the risk. risk factor. There's risk factors now in life. That's sure. this is good risk factors because it means I'm not dead. Yeah. But I kind of go, but we like, we have my dad come out with us. He's pushing 70, you know? Mm hmm. You know, he's sixty-nine this year, and so you go a sixty nine-year-old guy out and out back, and you're doing your thing, and you're we all push a little harder when we're out in the hills, I think, than we normally would at the house. Just, you know, doing our thing. Yeah. And neither one of us, we're both now kind of reaching that same kind of point where we potentially could have a cardiac type of an event. So I look at this and I kind of go, when I look at things, I go, Do I carry three hundred and twenty-five or three hundred and twenty-four of aspirin? So either four baby aspirin or one big aspirin. So if you develop some chest pain and you go, it's okay I don't need to get my spot out or call the medics because it's not that you know it's not it's it's that I need to be seen but I need I don't I don't need to like call the bird in. well
1: I think also understanding having a good strong understanding of medical issues Mm -hmm. is good if you go out there um so I so today in this day and age the big one right now is the coronavirus oh it's totally out there if you do nothing but just watch cnn are you going to have a good view of what the coronavirus
0: is? No. I mean, just like anything else, you need to have a well-versed background. Yes. But, and I think when it comes to – so, but when I think about it, like, there's a lot of things we can carry. Like, And like you say, you talked about you know, if you only listen to the coronavirus and CNN and sure. what does that look like or Fox News or whatever yeah. your news source is. Not yet. But I think anybody that spends time in the outdoors, particularly where you're away from cell phone reception, which can happen quickly up here in Alaska – uh, lower 48 can be a little bit different although there are some parts of oregon they're just as remote if not more remote than parts of alaska that i've been in you know what yeah. I mean? just because you're so far out you have to judge that versus just taking one of those classes uh you know a first responder first aid you don't have to be you don't have to be like a emt or a emergency nurse you know what my I mean? my point was okay but, 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 but my point is this is that there's knowledge and there's power my point is, is that by reading, doing some research, getting more than just one viewpoint on it, mm. but also like going through some formal training, I don't think is a bad thing. It's one of the biggest you things know. we 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 over, we we gloss over is our own like brain power. God gave us incredible brains to think our way in and out of situations. And if we slow down a little bit it go, because like for example, I knew, just slowing down a kid like, okay, It's vertigo. I'm not having any slurring of speech, no numbness, no tingling, no chest pain, no short of breath. I went through all my little check boxes, right? Just because that's the way I work. Mm -hmm. And at the end of the day, I said, it's a vertigo. It's more than likely what it is. I'm not too worried about it. And so when I started stumbling out of the hospital, which I'm sure looked really good coming out of her room, (laughs) 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 you know, I knew pretty much what it was. And I'm sure that that's what that nurse, although I didn't much approve of her way of doing it, she probably went through her own mental checklist and said, okay, that's what it is. And with that, okay, so I threw up. I'm still not worried. I knew what I was doing. The thing
1: is, is you have had how many years of training for this? Oh, right. How oh. many years of training have I had for these things? Sure. That that has a huge thing to do with it. You're not going to go buy a brand new rifle, take it out of the box, walk out into the woods, and expect to make a 200 or 300 and 400 yard shot. Agreed. And All part right? of that is... There's there's training. Agreed. That you need to study your rifle. Right. You need to study how your rifle works. You need to study the, the rounds that are going into it, the glass you have on it. The weather, all these things come into it, right? Oh, absolutely. So, and if you just expect to walk out in the woods and shoot that long shot, you're gonna have issues. So, the same thing with.
0: Um, but I, I'm I'm totally with you, Brandon. I will not disagree that having training, you know, formalized training, going sure. through those those processes, and that's what I'm arguing for is that you should yeah. go to that first aid class at your local community college. Absolutely, you Do should go to.
1: Aid. And even just sit online, you can go to American Heart and do all this stuff online. Right. You don't have to take in a five hour, two day, whatever I, I, all those long freaking classes it used to be. Right. There's resources to do, and just understanding your human body. You went through the checkpoint, the checks of like, okay, yeah, A, B, C see. should be. Right.
0: But I guess part of it too is, is we all think, and this is the part when it comes specifically to the outdoors, okay? We all think about that. My buddy just broke his leg. I got to tape a tree to his leg with duct tape, which is not a bad thing. I'm not saying mm-hmm. you don't have to think about those things, yeah. about those crazy one-off things. But there's also other medical emergencies that can happen in the backwoods. And how do you really get done? Like, So, for example, if I go out to the bear stand by myself, mm-hmm. for whatever reason, you're busy, you sure. can't make it, I'm out there by myself. Did I do something basic and say, honey, I'm going to the bear stand. Yeah. And tell my wife, I'm Absolutely. going to the bear stand. And say... I'll be, I'm going here. When I lose cell reception, I'll ping you. I take my my spot with me. Hey, I've had a problem.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: Can you send Brandon? Yeah. Or can you send dad? Can you send my sure. buddy? And, or can you come get me? And so by knowing those things and having, like, like when you're at the house, Knowing kind of, so if I said I'm at the bear stand, not my wife would go, okay, I, you have a bear stand, but mm-hmm. she won't know where it's at. She has yeah. little interest in going to the bear stand. But knowing
1: how to get other people who know no. where this is, how oh. to get there, well, all that say, kind of stuff. But
0: like, say for example, our buddy Pat, he's the only yeah. one available because he's got a quad for yeah. whatever reason. He's never been to our bear stand. Okay, well, his bear stand is here, Pat. Can you get there? Knowing, okay, this is where I park my truck. This is my trail entrance. Like some basic points sure. along the way because yeah. we may be cutting a trail. Sure. And it can be confusing out there in the woods because some of these times, or some of those places on those bogs have multiple old ATV tracks. So mm-hmm. just because people go and do their own thing, and so you can see other folks that have been driving around. So are you doing the? It's it's a mindset of preparedness in the sense that I'm just preparing so that if there is a problem, it's as smooth as possible. Mm-hmm. And I think that's the key thing. And that's kind of with the whole you know COVID nineteen thing here that we got going on is are we preparing? Are we prepared for as smooth as possible? So, like for example, everybody's buying up flipping toilet paper, which I don't get, but whatever.
1: I, I can shed light on that one.
0: Oh, I, I heard it was from some Rosie O'Donnell or something like that. One of those talk shows said you should be uh, grabbing all the doorknobs with uh, disposable disposable, pa- disposable
1: objects. So you know, right. like like toilet paper. Like toilet one? paper. So you carry toilet paper around with you, and just touch stuff and throw away.
0: Right. So having said that, I mean, I understand like where that comes from in a sense, but also just not like, okay, look, I go through a roll. My house goes through, say, a roll of toilet paper a day Mm -hmm. and I only get enough to go through the month. You buy a little bit extra, you know what I'm saying? Like on a general basis so that when this happens, you go, oh, that's a problem. It's the general preparedness. Difference between prepping and preparedness. Exactly.
1: Huge difference.
0: Yeah, and, and being a quote-unquote prepper, I don't agree with the whole doomsday thing, but being prepared is different. and being in preparation, it's a it's a different conversation. And I think that's kind of what we, we overlook in the out- – I mean, because think about like our last bear stand.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: We told people that it was off of, you know, Zero Lake Road. Sure. We're not going back there this year for various reasons, so you can – the whole interwebs can know about it. Yeah. I don't care. But if I told my – I mean, yeah, we're off Zero Lake Road. Heather could find that. Sure. Lindsay could find that. Yeah. But, would they find our stand? Yeah, exactly. You know what I'm saying? See, so you're, you're, I, mean, like, I didn't have like a map printed out of my house of like, look, just go to my file, honey. And there's a file in the desk of just like, you know, sure. basics. Like, so just, just something printed out like it's this coordinates and, that you could type into Google. Or say, I had an issue and, and I needed them to send a trooper out to get me. So, Think about how easy that would be for the trooper to come out and say, well, where's he at? Well, his he says he's at his bear stand. Here's the or coordinates. Co- yeah, coordinates. Yeah, just the coordinates. The trooper can figure out a way to get out there and be like, Well,
1: bear stands, the troopers have coordinates. You have to register your coordinates with bear
0: the, the, the stands. Nor how to get there, right? But 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 it's a different conversation of they have to go into the system, pull it up. So if it's under your name rather than under my name. But my point is it's about being prepared and just saying, look, trooper so-and-so mm-hmm. he's having problems he's at these coordinates it's at his bear stand absolutely and i think that that goes to that whole mindset of okay did you bring the tylenol did you bring water did mm-hmm. you bring a little bit of duct tape for the broken leg i'm not saying you couldn't have a broken leg out there what's your i mean have you ever thought about running your quad where it's like smooth and like say said gravel road try and run it with just your left hand for a little bit i mean i remember my buddy and i when we were in high school we used to practice driving all the time with one foot just to screw around. So we'd say, oh, your left foot's broken. So drive the stick shift pickup home. Hmm. Now we we're on a gravel road. You know what I mean? An old beat up, you know, yeah. pickup nobody cared about. So we'd put it in granny low and we'd ease around and screw around for a little bit. And then we never went all the way home. But in theory, we could have done it. Sure. Dump the clutch and go. I think there's the kind of the going through some of these motions and... You know, in the military, there's all those. Pre- I think about all the times that we went through glass houses. You know what I mean? Like, we would clear a glass house. And glass houses where you put tape out on the ground and you would clear the room or you'd clear the house. And the idea being is that literally the walls were, there was not, it was air, mm-hmm. but you're following duct tape on the ground. Sure. And so the idea being is that you're learning how to do it and have everybody watch you. And yes, you're making mistakes as you're practicing to try and get better. Because if your first time of going through something is, hey, I'm going to duct tape. Your leg to a stick. How does this work? What do I need to think about? Is in that moment, it's going to not, it just, I don't think it's going to end right, if that makes sense. I Even think if somebody is as prepared as we are, I mean, I think we would do better at it than maybe some of the other folks we know, but. I think that there's also something huge to be said for. Um, well,
1: I think you can be overboard on this. Oh, absolutely. I think that, like, people take this, and that's what I see in the, like, today in this coronavirus, this, this yeah. whole COVID 19 thing is everyone is taking this to the extreme mm-hmm. way over the top this is going to kill the world we're all going to die don't talk to anybody don't go anywhere because you're going to get
0: like well but zombie. like <laughs> well, yeah well but like so for example i don't have cable tv i have a lot of youtube that i consume yeah but like a video if i watch say 100 videos and i watch a video on it like yeah. out of out of 100 videos 1% of my time is spent on preparedness of medical emergencies in the woods sure. or you know, or something like that.
1: And understanding with that where you're going.
0: Right, exactly. You know, so, we're,
1: we're talking specifically bear. We're thinking, okay, what are the challenges in that area for our bear stand that we're going to have to overcome as we're getting out of that? It's going to be hugely different for when we're talking about going to the North Slope for a fishing trip. Right, well, exactly. You know, like Sag Like,
0: how do you, how do you, like, another medical emergency that happened just this past summer that kind of falls into this category in my mind. Think about uh, the... Uh, our buddies that uh, hook themselves out on the Montana oh, Creek. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, yep. it's not like, it. it's not a deal-ender, but it sure is a pain. And it's
1: a day-ender.
0: It, it could be a day-ender.
1: Yeah.
0: And so how do you drive that hook out? I mean, well, and, that's, and that's, there's a. I'm not saying you to practice it, that one. Uh, yeah. <laughs> that's a little overkill. <laughs> I think
1: it's uh, Kenai, or is it, I want to say it's. Uh, Central Pen. yeah. Central, yeah, they, have, Central uh, Peninsula uh, they Hospital. have a board on the wall in
0: the I, ER. I heard they took it down. Did they? But I have not been in there, oh. I'll be honest with you. But yeah, the for years they had that the hook on the board where the hook they would, board. yeah. Every time they I, take
1: a hook out of somebody, they put it up on the board.
0: And I mean, I was in the ER here in Anchorage, uh, just a couple of years on mm-hmm. nights, so yeah. not high fishing times. So when we took out several fish hooks, man,
1: can you, I would get. If it was me who got hooked by that thing, I would be ticked. Oh, I'd be pissed off that they took my hook. Yeah, I I, I paid damn good money
0: for that. Or what? somebody else paid good money for that. I want it. <laughs> yeah, I mean, It's a little badge of honor, so to speak, right? I'm going to catch, catch fish with it. And Go kill something. There yeah. you go. But, I mean, but I mean, so, like, for example, it doesn't have to be the end of the world stuff. You know what I mean? And, it, and it, when you talk about being prepared, it's thinking about, okay, I'm going to do a little bit of my time and my research. I mean, like, I research bears, and I research moose, and I research caribou, and I do a lot of these things. But how much time do you spend just – and again, not trying to go overboard, but like say, okay, look, if you watch a hundred videos and you watch one on some kind of preparedness thing, how to drive a hook out, mm-hmm. how to um, splint a leg, you know what I mean? Just take those onesie Absolutely. twosies and just kind of slowly build that in. I'm not saying you need to test everything, but just kind of sometimes have that thought process of what does this look like? Do you have a first aid book that you've read through? I mean, you don't need the special forces version, version, but they would cover you know, everything under the sun. Or... I... Or pick out you for know, me. For me, uh, if I'm gonna go
1: read or look through something, it's better for me to have a little, you know, flip book in my right. pack, in my med kit. Of here's what yeah, you do.
0: Right. I mean, like it used to be. If you got bit by a snake, you would cut it. You know, cut that little piece of flesh out. That's what I was always trained. And you suck it out and spit. I don't yeah, know if you were trained that. Yeah. No. But in reality, that's not what they say anymore. It's not a good idea. Yeah. There's a lot of other issues that come into that. Yeah. <laughs> but so, I mean, you know, some of the stuff is you need to be up to date. You need to be thinking about these things and understand that you're probably going to make mistakes and do things wrong. But it's just this whole, like, medical, like, emergency. I mean, because if I'd have driven, it would have mm-hmm. been, I mean, I could I wouldn't have gotten a DUII because I wasn't under the influence of an intoxicant. No. But I would have been reckless and endangering people. And yeah. I would have been at fault if I'd have been in Iraq wreck because it, I shouldn't have driven. And I'm glad I didn't mm-hmm. uh, because it was the wrong thing to do. But... What do you do in those moments when you're in the woods? You know I mean? Thinking through those things, it just kind of, it, just, it hit me as how fast it can happen. I mean, mm-hmm. I was literally sitting there chatting like we are right now, you know, having a good time, talking about her dog, you know, we were talking, I think we were actually talking about fishing, because uh, she really yeah. wants to go fishing, she loves fish, and all of a sudden, boom, now what? Yeah. Here it is. You are now incapacitated at a certain mm-hmm. level. It can happen just that fast.
1: I've known people that have had full-blown panic attacks out in the backcountry. Right.
0: Like it's so quiet.
1: Crippling, crippling panic attacks. Right.
0: The darkness, you know, like the dark woods. Some people get panic attacks mm-hmm. over that. Yeah, uh, the you dark know. Woods, yeah. But uh, and this, this, was, this was not. Right, yeah. But you get my point. Every situation is different. But there can be things like just the silence, the, you know, what's around the corner. Uh, there are lots of things out sure. there that can, you know, if you're not used to, like one of the things that made us do in the military is we did a land navigation at night.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: Specifically at night. Reason being things are just they look different at night, things act different at night, your brain functions different at night. And so they wanted us to get used to that. It was like from like ten to like midnight. It wasn't that yeah. big a deal. But it, it's one of those things Up, it was a good experience to go through because you realize things are different in the woods at night. Different sounds, different truth. You know what I'm saying? Like the and so Which I can for mention, up here it's totally different. Well it depends on time of year. Because in the middle of winter <laughs> it starts at three o'clock in the afternoon. It starts at three. So there's like this
1: weird so in the middle of winter, you know, middle of December, if you got a full moon out, you're almost as light as you are. In oh yeah, a, you know twilight.
0: Yeah, it's 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 can be very with all the snow. Yeah, it can be it can be it it bright. Dis- you just it's like it's a very weird, a little feeling. disconcerting and kind of unsettling feeling. Is the word I want to use? I love it. That's I one mean, of my favorite walking around in the woods well, in the winter. Once, of the winter. You, once you're used to it, but the first time you experience it, it's kind of like it was a little disconcerting seeing the. Northern Lights. I'm the, did I tell you about my first time seeing the Northern Lights? No. So I was out uh, moose hunting with my dad in Unit 13. Okay. And it was like 3 o'clock in the morning. And all of a sudden our trailer is lit up like the 4th of July.
1: <laughs> Flashing
0: lights. Like my first thought that went so the back <laughs> of the trailer. You know, so here's the thing. So we were like backed into the spot. We were up against a hill. The way it kind of worked. Like there was a hill kind of behind us went up. It was probably 50 yards tall and probably 50 yards back. But it was like a little canyon we were in. And also there's just like these flashing lights. I'm like going, what the hell? Uh, who the, what, we're in the ghetto. Like it just, you know, all the flashing lights from being in the military and then obviously being in cities. Like I went back to like a city scene. I'm like going, no, we're out in the middle of the woods. Like there's yeah. no, there's up there. There is nothing. Like I've been up on top of that ridge. Yeah. I had to pause and think my way through. and go, going, there's nothing up there. Yeah. There's no, there's nobody with lights that should be up there. And then I kind of looked out and peered out and went, Huh? Is that the Northern Lights? So when I stepped out, like that feeling of like the Northern Lights kind of coming down, it was kind of a little bit like, it, I, disconcerting was the way because you didn't know like it's like it's going to fall on my head. It's kind of like a chopper. You don't need Land. to really necessarily bend your head over, but you feel like you have to. Unit thirteen is the higher elevation.
1: It is. And so you're not like in a on a mountain range. I mean, you're kind of driving through some valleys, but it's a higher elevation. Right. And. Things look a little closer to the sky up there.
0: Right. Exactly. Of course, and then once I realized what was going on, you know, kind of, you know, of course you woke out of a dead sleep. Yeah. You'd had a couple beers the night before because at the Moose Camp, Mm. you know, so you're probably still sleeping a little off and, you know, you go, oh, oh, this is cool. Wow. (laughs) Oh. And then you realize it's five degrees outside and get back in the trailer. Were they popping and hissing at you? Yeah, they were hissing. They weren't popping, but they were hissing pretty good. Oh, man. The colors are just amazing. It's it's one of those still sends chills through my spine about how beautiful it was. And, uh, um, swirls a little bit, those the, are cool. The, the, the colors that I mean, you see a lot of the greens, yep. like the purples and the yep. blues. It was just, it was gorgeous. And I'll tell you, there's a few things in this world that I think incredible. I mean, just God's beauty in that moment, it was just unreal. Yeah. And, uh, if you, if people go, man, what are you doing in Alaska in the middle of winter? You drive to Fairbanks and you go see the lights.
1: <laughs> yeah. Cause there's really nothing else to do in Fairbanks,
0: ice fish. True. Snow machine. Snowmobile. (laughs) Yes, I had to go there. I'm gonna get thrown something's gonna get thrown at me. Yeah. So if I die, everybody Uh, knows what happened. (laughs) uh, Couldn't resist. Couldn't resist. But I mean, but in all seriousness, I mean it's that experiencing different things I think is good, but experiencing things in different forms. So like for example, you know, when we talk about being prepared, taking a class. I mean even as a trained medical professional mm-hmm. who has spent 10 years in the ER sure. treating medical emergencies every day, all day, I still say I could probably find value in taking a class if I needed to. Well, or
1: – I mean like – and I'm not saying – So it, as the ER nurse, right. here's the medical side of it. from The medic side of it for me is when was the last time you walked into somebody's house?
0: Oh, I never walked into people's houses. Right. Except for my buddies obviously. And but
1: for me as a medic – you look at the like the wilderness guys and they say, when was the last time you climbed up a mountain and pulled somebody down? Well, it's been a while because I always call you to do it. Right. Right? So there's always that, like, somebody else has a different specialty. Right. Yes, we all have a, a general understanding of medicine. Right. In this field. We all have a basic, like, and some of us have, but you know, the, the higher knowledge of it than others. But for the most part... Right, sure. We're going to have our specialties. Right. Right? So... Going to talk to somebody who has that specialty, you know, you know, you, you know, getting our friend Brandon who, you know, does backcountry rescue stuff. Right. Flies out of a helicopter and saves people out of the middle of nowhere. He's going to have a better understanding of that than right. I am, even though, oh yeah, I have a general idea.
0: Right. Exactly. And I think there's always value in trying to learn from a subject matter expert. Mm-hmm. And I think when you talk about being prepared and when you go in the backwoods, I think talking to subject matter expert subject matter experts about a lot of things you're going to gain things. And like, for example, I can sit down and talk to medic one, you know, and then talk to medic two and they'll both have something a little, maybe a little different, maybe because of what medic one said to me, what medic two lands a little bit better, if that makes sense, Mm -hmm. or it backs up what they said. And so overall you start improving your, uh, you know, your overall overall personal, your overall knowledge. And I think that's kind of where I'm going with this is that if we can, you know, try and be as safe as possible, because I think at the end of the day, we all want to enjoy the outdoors. We all want to have fun. We want to, you know, relax, and we don't want to think about what happens when things go wrong. But also, I think there's some, there is some comfort in knowing that eventually something's probably gonna go wrong, and I'm I'm as ready as I can be. Yeah, you know and, what I'm saying. But like don't, but don't be not like oh. coming
1: at it at the like, oh, I'm gonna go out in the
0: woods and I'm gonna get attacked by a bear. Right. Exactly. That's not because I mean,
1: then you have a whole different side of this whole thing of I'm. I'm terrified to walk out there. I'm going right, to go do it, it but I'm going to have, like, the biggest gun I can possibly have.
0: All right. Well, I th- well and, so, yeah, we can talk about guns and bears and my thoughts on that later. But it's it's not even the the, the, the gun
1: and the bear. It's the principle of, you it, say moose. I'm going to go right, out there sure. and this moose is going to attack me, so I'm going to have, you know, my, my shotgun always up and ready as I'm walking through the woods.
0: Not necessary, but... It's one of those things that do you need to be aware of moose in the area? Absolutely. Yeah. If you're walking by a moose, like as you know, you have to get around by them and you're getting kind of close. Do you maybe get a little more ready than you normally would? Sure. But do you sit here and go, that moose is a thousand yards off and I need to be panicking? Absolutely right. not. Exactly. That moose doesn't care about you or the even, high horse you rode in on. Even things like,
1: you know, a bear. Yeah. <laughs> even to that extent. Like,
0: you don't need to be walking yourself up in fear over it. Well, the worst part is, is so, and and this is the part that I think that most people, when they make the mistake, in most of the attacks that I've been like that I've been involved in, uh-huh. is that people see a animal, so they see animal one, mm-hmm. usually female, and they go, oh, 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 there's this bear over here, or, there, or there's a moose, and they forget about the cub or the, you oh, know, yeah. the young one over here, and then that's how they end up getting in problems because they're not going, okay, take a moment, I see him, yeah, I need to be, I need to be more mindful, I need to be watchful at this moment, yeah. Just take caution and precaution. Not overamp it. Just hmm, like with the COVID thing, I'm gonna wash my hands. Be sure I'm just doing the basics. I'm not trying to avoid touching my face as, as much as I do. I tend to stroke my beard stroke and beard. Yeah, yeah, you know do all that yeah. kind of stuff. Yeah, right now, yeah. <laughs> so, <laughs> but but I mean, like I wash my hands a little bit more frequently. I pay yeah. attention to sure all those little details and just kind of go. Okay, I'm being a little I'm more treat cautious. Treat you in flu season, yeah. But and exactly. that
1: and that's yeah, when the, you're the thing the, with. With with medical emergencies in the woods, when you're going out in the woods, if you're going at it in the in the mindset of I'm gonna go out, I'm gonna get hurt,
0: well I'm not arguing. you're gonna have a
1: you're not gonna have fun.
0: No, no, you're not gonna have fun. But like for example, we're gonna go up in a in a we call it our bear stand, but essentially it's a whitetail deer stand they'd use yeah. in the Midwest. Okay, so when I get up there and we're putting it up, right, taking the extra second and going, okay, this is probably how it's gonna fail poorly if it does. What do we do to mitigate those risks? The basics. I'm not saying you get paralyzed by, you know, paralysis by analysis or Mm -hmm. paralyzed by fear. What I'm arguing for is, hey, there is a risk potential out here. Mm -hmm. Just like driving my truck home tonight. Yep. Or when you drive me home because I'm still a little dizzy. But but when you drive down the road, there's a risk potential about doing 55 going back to my house. Mm -hmm. In the snow and everything else. Now, the roads are pretty nice and I don't have a problem with you doing even 85 on that road. But my point is there is a risk of driving too fast. Or there's a risk of even driving. Regardless there's
1: a risk of walking outside on my walk.
0: Probably break my head faster there. Right? I mean like...
1: But my point if is... You go across the street to go see the neighbor and get nailed by a car. Like if you're so caught
0: up in the, well... Right. Doomsday is coming and something bad will happen. But on the same token, I would argue that when we jump in the truck to head back to my place, what are we going to do? We're going to buckle our safety belts. Mostly because it's the law. Mostly because it's a law and mostly because it's mostly, yeah. But my point is, is we're going to do those little things just to be cautious, take the precautions, but I'm not saying you, you sit here and you go, oh, I can't go out in the woods and I can't put up a stand because I, look, guys have been putting up stands in the woods forever and yes, guys have fallen out of stands. But if I have the, I mean, I mean, I sat in my stand, I went up in my stand mm-hmm. probably when I shouldn't have this past year. Mm-hmm. So yeah, we went it out.
1: really exactly secured.
0: Well, no, no, it wasn't. It was secure just fine. This was when I went out with my dad. We were feeding the stand. Oh. And the, there's thunder thunderstorms all around. It was blowing. It was us, right, blowing. And I'm like, got up in the stand. like, going, man, this thing is wobbly. Mm. What the French? Yeah. Like, holy hell. Like, I mean, I was like, I got a little scared there, right? You know what I mean? I wasn't locked in yet. We weren't going to sit on the stand because sure. we weren't hit at that point in time. But I was just going to try and cut some branches out of the way. Yeah. And I'm like, going, man, I'm just, something's just not right here. And I wasn't, I was like, I was like standing, leaning into the stand. Like I was, felt very safe until it started moving. I'm like, well, this thing's just moving too much. Do I need to move? I mean, like I thought, do I need to move the stand? What's going on? And then I kind of, at the corner of my eye, kind of looked up like, man, what's going on? Like, just think through this, Dave, right? And I saw all the trees just whipping. I up at the top of it. Oh, gale force winds probably shouldn't be in the stand right now. So I didn't panic, but just kind of sure time to get down out of the stand and went, let's not go in the stands tonight. Yeah. You know what I mean? So those are the kind of basic things that you need to think about. That's what I'm saying is be cautious. Use common sense. Don't go over nuts about it. Don't say, well, gee, I need to go. I mean, if you want to, I wear a helmet when I ride my ATV just because I've seen too many head injuries and they scare the hell out of me, to be honest with you. But I don't wear the C-collar or C-spine protectors that you can get. I don't wear full leathers when we ride. Yeah, I mean, I wear a long-sleeve t-shirt just so the, you know, bugs don't 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 get at me. But like... I've ridden with t-shirt and shorts, and a helmet. Yeah, I mean, you have to understand what your risk is and understand where you're comfortable with it. Yeah, that's and, true. Because I, mean, I
1: think everyone is going to be different on that. Everyone's like going to be different. My, my, and there's no law
0: here yeah. in Alaska about helmets, so you can well, do whatever it, you want.
1: Everything, even driving down the road. Right. If you just aren't comfortable with it, don't do it.
0: Right. Slow down. Yeah. If you're going too slow, get off the road. Exactly. That's yeah. the biggest thing if you're if you're not comfortable with what you're supposed
1: to do in that situation don't do it right. for me like sheep hunting i know there's certain things right now with with having the back injury that i do that the the balance is not there to go scaling certain things
0: yeah you would have to be in a certain situation like you couldn't take certain pla- you couldn't go to certain places Yes. so it would limit your opportunities yes. and your chances so is that a reasonable hunt to go on yeah i mean it's still reasonable to go on but just understand that your success rate it's just went gonna way different. down
1: it's going to be different yeah. Uh, But that doesn't mean I'm going to say, well, I can't go out there because I might get hurt if I go sheep hunting.
0: Oh, right. Exactly. And that's – I think common sense is kind of where it really is at. I think being prepared in the sense of Mm -hmm. thinking about it in terms of we prepare a lot and um, particularly in the middle of winter, do a lot of reading. You do a lot of YouTubing just because what else are you going to do? But, I mean, we do those things. Should medical emergencies from like a first responder, from a – I mean, even as a nurse, right, who's worked in a hospital for years – Do I, is there still value in looking at it through a different lens? Uh, So like for example, so, so for example, like in the ICUs, they have, we, okay. So in emergency medicine, we have trauma nurse core course, TNCC. Okay. And any nurse can take the course. Yep. Now, if you're at a trauma level center, you're very familiar with what I'm talking about. Um, Most medics are familiar. They have something Mm -hmm. similar uh, that they go through. And so it's really designed around the emergency nurse and their, you know, first assessment. They make ICU nurses take it. So they know what's being done downstairs yeah. before they get to the ICU. Yes. There's value in now seeing, because I'm a case manager now and I get to see what is done and I understand what's done downstairs. I did it myself for so many years. Seeing in those trauma cases what's done 24, 48, 72 hours, 96 mm-hmm. hours post, I think it would have changed my trauma care down in the ER. And Absolutely. I just and so I think there's value in looking at it from not just a, oh well, you know, special forces. You know, that's, that's the one that a lot of guys go to is like, they want to look the you look at me like I'm funny, but a lot of guys, when you say, well, oh, we need to do emergency medicine, a lot of guys, I guarantee you listening, will go, well, the special forces guys, they, they know it best. Well, don't get me wrong. They know gunshots. They know blast.
1: Oh, I was trying to figure out where you're going with that.
0: Right. But my point is, is they know a very specific part of it. And so going with more mundane, you know, more kind of low key injuries and emergencies or urgencies. For example, the vertigo could have been an emergency if I'd have fallen out of a stand, right? But it, but it's an urgency about, like, say, for example, I was just feeding the barrel. Oh, it hits. Now I just need to ride my quad out. It can become an urgency in the sense that I need somebody to urgently, not emergently, emergently meaning, you know, fast as you can, but just somebody yeah. needs to come out in a fairly respond, you know, just come out in a fairly short order, you know, and help me out of the woods. It's a different conversation is what I'm saying. And so I think we, we, we focus on the emergency piece in terms of, Oh my God, you're dying. Yeah. Versus the, you're having an issue, but let's get you out of the woods and you'll be fine. And, it's, and I think, again, it goes to that overall preparedness. And rather than just like jumping to the extremes, mm. we need to think uh, about Yeah. And it's extremes is the hard part. And I think that's the problem that you can run into with this conversation is that everybody wants to that, go to the extreme.
1: Yeah. Right? Everyone's going to go to the extreme because it's really hard to think of it in between stuff. Well, what I'll we, guarantee you never thought about vertigo until two weeks ago. No, I didn't.
0: Yeah. that's what brought so, this topic up
1: but the <laughs> thing is 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 we can sit here and go round and round a horn and you can do this to this point like yeah. you said pra- uh, paralysis, paralysis by analysis, analysis where you're trying to come up with every conceivable possible thing to to alleviate yourself from well you could you could eventually end up if you did that you could end up carrying a full backpack full of medications out in the woods because there is the potential to have hundreds of different issues out in the oh, woods. Oh, I
0: agreed but if I think if you if you're honest about it you say what was most likely going to happen? Now, for me, because I've had this vertigo issue where it's it been a long... It could be again. It could be again. Yeah. So for me, it's going to be different than it is for you. Yeah. But like, for example, taking in a counter age. So should we have aspirin out there? Okay. Should we have ibuprofen? Now, here's the thing. I have to think also, I personally, I think about my guy to my left or my right. because like military, right? Sure. So I like ibuprofen as well. It helps with my back pain. Yeah. does a really good job for me. So it's not going to be an issue anyways. But thinking about things in terms of, okay... You know, Brandon we'll my, probably need it. My, my probably need it. Yeah. Okay. Well, that's a great thing to have in there. But like I know my dad reacts well to Tylenol, so I should put some Tylenol in there. Sure. Now I'm not saying you need to carry everything under the sun. What I'm saying is, is think about things that will focus on your condition. So for example, one of the things with like my wife, I know she can go through Band-Aids like crazy. Mm-hmm. Because she's on a blood thinner. She will be for the rest of her life. So, so one of like the things
1: you're going to – You're carrying extra stuff.
0: But I'm carrying extra band-aids, band-aids, but it's a reasonable thing. I'm not going to say I don't want to carry a Sam splint and, you know, for me it's just duct tape and I'll use a stick yeah. because I'm going to carry a hatchet unrelated anyway. But if
1: you're, if you're going to get to that point, if you're going to start really paying attention to that stuff, I think you you need to start working on the asitu- situational awareness of where you are and what you're mm-hmm. doing in the woods and then work on being able to rationally think through an issue.
0: Right, I said so
1: that is going to probably be a bigger lifesaver and a bigger thing in the woods. Instead of, because I mean, if, right. if that happened to you in the woods and you had a full-blown panic attack and freaked out, that right. could have been catastrophic.
0: Right, but exactly. if you sit
1: there and go, okay, I need to stop. I need to take a minute. I need to figure out what my situation is.
0: But that's part of where the education piece comes in. I think that's a part we lack, because we kind of gloss over. because first aid is done so, mm-hmm. like, Boy Scouts, you can get it, you can get it in... We all so you, f-
1: You're gonna have to. You're gonna have to change or elaborate on what you mean by education, because I've gone to work with some very, very green medics that they are very, very, very educated. They spent a lot of money and they spent two years getting educated. Right, I'm. Not, I'm sure you've probably seen the same thing with, with a, nurses, with so nurses and, and doctors. And they come in there and they ah, and they freak out and they have no idea what you're doing. You say slow down, stop, breathe a minute. Think about what's going on and let's make a plan.
0: Right. I think part of it too is, is with the part of it that comes in from medics, nurses, and doctors is we know the potential bad outcomes. Okay. So if, does that make sense? So like, for example, yeah. if I do something wrong in this moment, they could have X, Y, and Z go wrong. That's my fault.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: It's a, and I think with that, with that much knowledge, almost becomes paralysis by analysis. That it's and it's true, what I'm saying is in the woods, right? you don't know.
1: No, you don't. All you know is that I, my world is spinning.
0: Right, and but it goes back to like just like we had that problem on the ice where our tent blew off, right? Yep. Same, same thing. Now it wasn't a medical emergency, yeah, or urgency, sure. But that was a gear failure urgency, right? Yeah. If we would have paused, slowed down, and thought about it, we'd have been still fishing that day, yeah. Rather than yard sale, well, still been some of a yard sale, but yeah. <laughs> but anyways, but my point is, is that you know by slowing down, thinking about these things, so that it isn't maybe necessarily so you know, what's the word I'm looking for? Like, it's not so, like, in your face. Yes. And I think, so, what I'm saying is, like I said, I wouldn't spend a ton of time on it. I don't think it's something that I would even say, spend 15% of your time. I'm saying 1% to 2% of your time. So, for example, if, if you, there's a Saturday when they have a, uh, at your local sportsman's or your local Cabela's, they have a first aid class or a, Um, your extension office is putting one on or you you know what I mean? Like something like under 50 bucks and you want to go to a live event like that, I'd say go to it, learn a little something. What I'm saying is just think about those things in terms of being prepared. Don't go bonkers overboard because you can go bonkers overboard on anything in life. Unfortunately, but I think you also need to think about when you build your own pack. And I think there's value in building your own pack because like when I, so when I got in the military, they issued me my IFAC individual field army artillery, it's not artillery. It's called an IFAC.
1: Army knowledge right there.
0: And it was, it was a kit it was the last thing. But anyways, I mean, inside obviously
1: was... it was real important.
0: Well, yeah, exactly. But inside was supposed yeah. to be some pills for... Uh, that you got issued to you if you were involved in chemical. So you would take those, everything in it. Didn't matter what you were going through. You just took the whole thing. Yeah. And there was like a Israeli bandage. And there was a tourniquet. Like those were the three things in there. Mm-hmm. And that was designed for you. So my point is, is like, I couldn't use your IFAC kit because your IFAC, because if you were allergic to one of the meds, it would be out of that kit. So my kit was for me. Yeah. So the idea behind it is we get lots of bullet wounds and shrapnel and all that kind of stuff. So that was the thought of what it was. But it was super. It was like five things in there. It wasn't a lot.
1: No, you don't need a lot.
0: You don't really need a lot. And I think keeping A, small, but B, if you don't know what it is, like when I opened up that cat tourniquet for the first time, I'd never used one. Yeah. Just never needed one. Without training, you don't know how to use them right. And there is a, you know, stop the bleed course we have up here in Alaska that's fairly new that they're training people on how to use a cat tourniquet. But if you've never been trained on how to use one, it's kind of. I mean, yes, they're intuitive, yeah, they're, they're intuitive, and yes, you could use them really quickly. But it's one of those things of don't have yeah, the first time you ever look at it, touch it, learn about it, be at the field when you need it. You know what I mean? I mean I'm using I mean, the cat I mean, you tourniquet. Can,
1: you can. You don't even need to go to freaking class this day and age you can go to YouTube, oh, youtube yeah and go through and they'll show you can go to youtube and find these things on, there's there's oh absolutely i'm not disagreeing there's with you. videos out there of army boys doing just insane stuff to each other oh absolutely the medics
0: so i mean but, but oh, my no point videos. is it's just yeah well I mean, just my point is take if you watch 100 videos take one and watch something like that you might learn a little something i think it'd be good to not only think about those kinds of things Again, yeah. not overthink it, but just a little bit of thought to it. Because, I mean, I spent a lot of time thinking about that bear stand. Uh, so Only because it's coming up and because I really sure. am getting into that. So it's one of those things of I should take a moment go, okay, what do I have on me? What am I taking in the woods? And it's also that time of year for me where I go, but, I mean, it's one of those things like I think about things. It's that time of year where it's late winter, sure, getting into early spring. Yeah, I'm going to start firing up my quad again. It hasn't been run since Christmas time, mm-hmm. and I'm just going to be cleaning that thing out. Be sure that my box is cleaned out. Like, is all the extra little garbage out of there? You know, what I mean. So my so, point is, as part of doing that, is setting up your first aid. Cause we all, almost all of us take a first aid kit out there. Do I really know what's in there? Is everything expired? When's true. the last time you went
1: through it? You know what I mean? Like, I I'm just, looking at this thing right now. It's from Spartan Armor Systems, and it's just a, a, a advanced individual first aid kit. It's like 130 bucks.
0: That's and, probably even overkill for what I would take in the woods. I mean, but,
1: it, it's literally gauze. It's got a couple bandages like that. It's got scissors, and it has a tourniquet. Okay.
0: And a nice little, like, tactical pouch. Okay, but I would argue for a little bit of meds, just because we're getting older and we need them.
1: There's plenty of room for that. Let's right. see what
0: happens. And then I would argue for some Band-Aids, because how much stuff is really small, cut scrapes that you just need a quick little Band-Aid on, yep. particularly with kids. Yep. And then, yeah, I carry duct tape unrelated but you could use horse tape. You could use, by the way, that's a good way to get Kobe in is horse tape because it's usually cheaper yeah. for horses yep. than it is for humans, even though it's the same stinking thing. Yeah. Um, the other thing that I think about is like you know athletic tape. You know stuff we Splits used to and... well like like well, like you know the old like the yeah. athletic hockey tape. tape yeah hockey tape you know football yeah. tape whatever you want to yeah, call I'm it sure. we used to use it all the time and so if your wrist is maybe eh, you could use it you know what, yeah. what I mean. So think about things those, but don't go to the point where you have a backpack that you're taking out with you. I'm thinking something. When I say when I say a kit, a tactical pouch like what you're talking about, yeah, it's perfect size. Yeah, that's like not too much, I mean, not this, too
1: little. This thing's got the tourniquet. Um, it's got uh, gloves, rolled gauze, emergency trauma dressing. So there's your, you know, your flat, right. your, your trauma dressing has a chest seal, which I'm not sure I carry out there.
0: Well, here's Maybe. the thing. I might carry it. You might carry it because we've been around those things. Yeah, but if I've never been not. trained, exactly. I'd get rid of it. Because um, it's just more... It's there to confuse... Yep. It would confuse you in the woods if you don't know how to use it. Yep.
1: Yeah, it's got an airway in it. It's got...
0: Uh, uh, I'd get rid of that I'd too. I'd get rid of the
1: airway. It's got trauma shears, which one I keep. Yes. Uh, rescue blanket.
0: Absolutely. Absolutely. Um, A whole, and, whole other piece that we can go into about yep. emergency preparedness in terms of just your quad broke. Sharpie now. marker. Sharpie. Yeah, that's... like So one of the things, you know... Brings to the point, people say, why a Sharpie marker? And so one of the things we used to do is we would prepare with the cat tourniquet. So you put on this tourniquet over somebody's arm, leg, and you'd marker write the time. Mark your time. Because it was a six-hour time window. Which TikTok. has
1: expanded tremendously over the years. It
0: has. But you you start talking about, you want to start, but you want to know, when was it put on? Oh, yeah. Because they, they track those things, yeah. and it gives them, like, later on, you know, four, five, six, seven, eight days down the road, when they're recovering in the ICU, it gives that trauma doc... And those trauma teams, a little more thought process about what's, you know, sure what's going on. Yeah. And so they can actually make a more educated, like, okay, these nerves, these nerves may or may not come back or give it some more time or uh, let's yeah. think about this, you know? And so I think it helps with those, not right there in the moment, but it's going to help you down the road. Yeah. But... Anyways, little digression there, but yeah, that, that's that's
1: really has no bearing on anything you're going to do in the woods, honestly. Right. For right. me, in my my view of it, that's that's the sharpie's going to be. That's handy. your view of it because that's, that's what the I can, world you come, come from. from. Right for me, it's stop that bleed and get out. Right, but yeah, and I understand. I've, exactly. I've walked, I've walked into so many ERs, and they're like, "Well, what time did you start that ID?" I don't know. It was in the back of the ambulance. Yeah, sometime in the last twenty minutes. Yeah, and they're like, well, "What do you mean?" I don't care. <laughs> Here, I
0: get you. I get you. And I watch someone like you just chomp at the bit because it's like,
1: oh, I didn't exactly. Document.
0: Because like, it matters, you know, for a lot of different things. That doesn't matter in the back of the rig, doesn't matter right, in the right. woods, but it matters down the road. Yeah. But again, now when you're training medics in the Army, you can beat them up over it. You can't really beat up civilians like you can a medic in the Army. I'm just saying. I mean, we could True. just about hit them. Yeah. <laughs> maybe shove them in a mud hole or yell at them really loudly, make them feel like what, two inches tall. But uh, yeah, I'd never did any of that. Of course, never, never ever in my life. Oh, <laughs> uh, Um, But my point is, is that, you know, there's, you can take this way too far. I think that's the biggest thing I want to yeah. get is that while I would encourage a lot of these things, you know, watching a YouTube video, maybe getting a flip book, maybe getting that special forces book. I have one mm-hmm. at the house and they're actually really cool because they cover not just the, Oh my God! You got blown up on by the IED, or you got shot, you know, by a AK. But they also cover, hey, what happens if you burn yourself on a fire? Yeah, there's, What happens if you? You know, what I mean, so some of that stuff is just thinking about it, just saying, oh yeah, okay. it's a uh, there's
1: a wilderness field. I'm trying to look it up right now. It's, uh, it's a it's a wilderness field guide. It's mm-hmm. not big. It's like you know, fits in your pocket. Right. Just flip book. Um,
0: but something like Sarah that, Sarah Rescue
1: Wilderness from yep. Access there Field Guide. That's it.
0: There you go. I mean, something like that. Something basic. It does, You know, a lot of times the difference between an urgency and an emergency in the woods is just a little bit of thinking, common sense, and so having the how you handle, how you handle, how you handle it. it. Because, like for example, I knew what was going on. When, I mean, now mm-hmm. obviously, given where I was at, I mean, I was right out of hospital, so it was and really you bad. You walk into the ER and have no big issue, right? Exactly. But <laughs> so there was a that stumble into the like, ER. Stumble, yeah. Well,
1: to be fair, that's probably pretty common for that ER. It is right now. Most ERs.
0: Most ERs, especially in Anchorage. Yeah. I was stumbling in again. Yeah. Well, especially in the middle of winter. Yeah. It was kind of a, it was snowing really hard. So it was like one of those nights where, you know, a lot of people drink fairly heavy around here. Mm -hmm. It it was a drinking night. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Not for me, it wasn't. Yeah, it (laughs) is. But uh, it's one of those things where you just kind of go, how can I maximize my potential in the woods and how can I, Do things such that it's not. I don't want to. I guess what I'm trying to say is, is think about it in terms of I don't want it to be a deal breaker in the woods. I don't want to get paralysis by analysis. But on the same token, I don't want to have something really dumb ruin my day. Something that could. So there's a huge difference there.
1: There is. There's a huge difference between okay, you know, our tent blew down ice fishing and we said okay, done and left. Versus you know, you're out quadding and okay, my tire popped on my. My quad, right? Okay, can I keep going for the day by doing A, B, and C, or am I done? Versus, I'm having a medical emergency, right?
0: Well, I'm not disagreeing, but when you think about preparedness, there's a big, wide range of things that can go on, right?
1: True. And but so, if I think we're, if we're purely talking about medical, medical emergencies, okay, because the other sure. side of that just purely comes down to knowing where you're going, what you're doing, knowing your equipment, and slowing sure. down. That's true. Because if you're doing those things, you're going to be okay. Right. If you go out there with your rifle you pull out of the box for the first time and you, true. you Absolutely. take your shot and it Absolutely. didn't happen, you go, okay, well, we're done. This didn't work. Okay. Mm-hmm. Versus, you know what? My arm just went numb. Right. There's yeah. something wrong here. I'm having trouble doing A, B, and C. Something is wrong. I need to know I need to get out. It is right. time to go. This is a medical emergency. How do I handle this emergency? Right. My arm is now going a different direction. Then How do I handle this emergency? You're not going to go, well, you know what? If I throw a splint on it, I could probably hunt for another four days. It's right. Probably, probably not the best move.
0: <laughs> Correct. But also just knowing that, I mean, like I said, most of the medical emergencies that happen in the woods that I have seen, mm-hmm. and I think most of them are, are what I call the non-reportables. We all think about the heart attack, the strokes, the... My buddy got shot. The We fell and broke our legs. But most of it's the non-reportables, meaning you fell and you got really scraped up. Or, you know what I mean? For me, I don't even look at those as medical emergencies. Well, I look at that as just but being in the many, woods. But I agree with you. But many people... I mean, so I just kind of go, what is it... I mean, when you think about medical preparedness in the field, you want to cover anything from I have a boo-boo and an owie and a scrape with my kid to... We're having heart attacks and strokes and crazy stuff happen that are once in a lifetime events. Yeah, and and so, but, but having said that, within that goes, I think having training, whether it be YouTube for nothing else, maybe it's a class, thinking about those things and just saying I want to be prepared as I can and understand that there's a risk. So, for example, you can fall over dead anywhere in America. Mm-hmm. Had a my old mentor in high school, he had a lot of issues and uh, you know as far as his uh, attitudes towards. Certain individuals and certain things. And he was the best of role models in a lot of ways. But in other ways, he was a hard worker, family man, had a lot of good role model capabilities. Okay. He was in Laramie and had a lunch with his buddy, chatted it up, had a great time. They went out and literally was going to get in the front seat of his buddy's pickup and fell over dead on the sidewalk. Mm -hmm. Never came back. Yeah. So my point is you could fall over dead anywhere. Sure. Okay. Bad things can happen. Yeah. But it's one of those things, if I can say, look, I'm out in the woods and I fall and take a really bad fall, not just, gee, I do a little stumble and fell in the mud like my dad did. <laughs> that was funny. <laughs> but, you know, but that could also potentially become a medical emergency if, if you're not prepared, like, like literally we're three miles from the truck. It's not that big a deal where we were at. You could stay wet the whole time. But if you had to be out there for four days and you're wet for four days in the weather, you could get frostbite. You know what I mean? You I, yeah. I, I, but you but for I'm me, I'm looking at this as two different things. Oh, right, right. But my point I is – I
1: mean starting out is like, okay, what are you carrying medically in your pack
0: but, versus... uh, but more I'm thinking about this as we've been talking, I think there's an education piece where you have what's in your pack. Do you know how to use what's in your pack? So, okay. So, so I mean like, so, for example, an airway. Okay? If I handed the average person out here on the street an airway, would mm-hmm. they know what to do?
1: a uh, story about that for you later.
0: <laughs> but you get my point. Like most people, if I give them an NPA, an nasal pharyngeal airway, an NPA, yeah. they look at me with a cross-eyed, go, what the, Why yeah. do I do with that? Well, if you don't know what it is, I would argue to, to delete it from the kit. Nothing says you shouldn't go out and touch your kit every year, go through it and touch it and feel it. Be sure everything's still good. Now, obviously the scissors don't expire. The tape doesn't expire, but like Tylenol does lose its, it's uh, effectiveness. effectiveness. You know, ibuprofen, like, how many Those little packs that you buy at the gas station for a dollar, way too much for two pills, but they're really cool for these kinds of packs. I mean, if you don't use it for five, six, seven years, it's now expired. You know, throw it out and, you know, go get some new ones. I mean, it's, it's worth it to have stuff that's up to date, go through, know what's in there, and being prepared in the sense that, A, I've gone through it, B, I know how to use it, and slowing down and thinking about those things in terms of, I'm not, like I said, I don't want to focus on the extreme, you know. I, I guess I'm seeing
1: two different sides of this. I'm seeing one, the how are you going to handle an emergency where you need to get out. Right. You're talking about your vertigo. It's time to go. It's time to go. You know, knowing when it's the time to go yep. versus, you know what, we can we can make this work.
0: And that's, and that, part of that too is is your experience level with what's going on. So for example, most vertigo goes away in under five minutes. Sure, usually goes away in under a minute.
1: But when you're sitting there for an hour, hour. going this, I'm puking,
0: and this is horrible. I'm saying it's time to go. Right, exactly. There's a point in time where you say it's time to move out.
1: You're walking along the hill, and you roll your ankle, and you say, "Ah, that really hurts. I can still put pressure on it. It's black and blue, but I'm gonna, I can still walk on it." Okay, you maybe depends on a lot of things. But let's let's we may need to think about walking back out. We may need, you know, so. Understanding those things and not just saying, because I mean, there's, I mean, there's such a wide variety of, of the medical emergencies in this, right? Like I said, you can, you can twist your ankle and sprain your ankle and you can still finish out a hunt, especially if you're doing a lot of quad running and that kind of stuff. Absolutely. Versus, you know, if I'm scaling mountains and I roll my ankle, but the other side of that is you could roll your ankle and break something in there Mm -hmm. and cause more damage, cause more damage by continuing your hunt. Yeah. Or hike or whatever. So having a little bit of knowledge is important, but stopping and thinking about what's going on, thinking about where you're at. Take the time. Take your time and not just like go into this of like, well, we got to get through this. We got to continue. And I see a lot of guys that have done that. Oh, yeah, well, I agree. And yeah. I've seen a lot of dudes mess up stuff worse because of that.
0: I would I would agree with that. I would also agree with, I would agree with what you're saying. I would say that a little bit of knowledge is power. And I think that taking the time – in your off-season to do a class, to do mm-hmm. a little bit of knowledge, add some knowledge. But sure. then when it comes to your first aid kit, whatever you carry, whatever you're most comfortable with, go through it. I fully intend my mm-hmm. first aid kit Yep. before we go out on our first trip. I'm going to get updated. It's going to get updated just to be sure. Is the Tylenol still good? Is the ibuprofen well, still good? You
1: be doing that with all your stuff. I mean, you're, before we go out fishing, all my lines are going to well, get checked. All these right. – like, there's that, the, but, that wow. side of preparedness, which I think you're trying to get at here of like
0: – right, just, Generally, be prepared. But my point is, is that like most guys, and I'm guilty of this as well. I bought a first aid kit. I threw it in the bottom of my truck, or I threw it in my quad. I have one of my quad, and it sat there because I haven't needed it. Yeah. Now, when I do need it, I want it to be there and be able to be used. But am I ch- going back and checking on it? Am I doing those? It's it's the details. Like just because you have a first aid kit, have you gone through it? Have you looked at it? Have you, you done?
1: With the background is every morning you check a kit. Right. So, like, every time I go out, I go looking. All right, everything's there. But, like... I know, granted, I probably haven't checked for expiration dates in a while. Because right. Because I get a little lax in that. But But,
0: but my point is, is that if you did it once a year, and you knew that it was going to be expiring in July, and so it's not like, oh, I could go out for a time or two, right? And you can fudge those expiration dates a little bit, I believe. Personal opinion. Yeah, yeah. Do what you feel is best, obviously. Sure. But if something is, you know, going to be expired, I can go replace it now. It's not a big deal. I don't have to try and find it in Talkeetna.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: Not that you couldn't, but... It'd be a lot more expensive. Yeah. And so I just kind of go, it's just so much easier. And then I can find exactly what I want. Sure. So anyways, uh, you know, this whole dizziness, vertigo thing, it sucks. Uh, you know, it's one of those things that you look at somebody and go, oh, you're fine. Yeah, they may not be fine. No. Your inner ear is yeah. a lot more complex than you'd ever. It's one of those, everybody yeah, goes, nice. oh, everybody goes, inner ear. And what you're looking, so when you go to the doctor and they say, oh, your ears look fine. They're actually looking at your outer ear. And your and your middle ear, not yeah. your inner ear, and yep. so it's the inner ear piece because there's that three piece, and that's what's yeah. actually messed up. So, but it's getting better.
1: Slowly starting to see the world normally. Yeah, a little bit it's as normal, normal as Dave can see it. Well, yeah, exactly. <laughs> Especially
0: with the whole COVID nineteen thing going on. <laughs> Good lord.
1: Yeah, I'm I'm ready for that to be over.
0: I think we all are. Yeah. I mean, those that are sick, I mean, God help them and God fix them. But Amen. you know, on the same token. A little bit of hysteria that I'm just – I'm over that.
1: Yeah. Like – Man, I love – there's there's an interview that Dr. Drew did with – Yeah. I forget which news group it was, and he just tore the media a new one. Yeah. And this guy is trying to like bring it back around. To, well, you know, you don't think it's – he's like, no, you guys are feeding this. Well, you know, but
0: – Yeah, <laughs> right, just, yeah. It was awesome. Yeah. So – But anyways, I I would just – at this point, just because of my own like medical urgency, it wasn't an emergency, but it was an urgency. Yeah, I think it's just brought the light of check your pack. Yeah, what are you going with? You know, your biggest, your biggest tool you go out in the woods with is your noggin, and there's that noggin that you have on top of the shoulders that you feed and you know, sure. occasionally you got to feed a little medical information in there. Yeah, and don't be afraid to do something that's beneath you. And what I mean, what I'm saying by that is that particularly in the medical field well, I'm a nurse. I know all that. Rather than just saying, you know what, I'm a subject matter expert within what I do. I can learn about other pieces of medicine. Gotcha. Because uh, for a lot of nurses and doctors, they go, well, but I know all that information. Like, no, just take a moment just humble yourself and just be a little humble and say, I need to learn and I'm going to learn from somebody else a little different way of viewpoint of looking at it, which I think is incredibly important. True that. So
1: Cool. All right. Well, I think we're going to wrap this one up. All right. um, Hit us up
0: uh, on the Instagrams and the facebook's and yeah. all that good stuff and like us and tell us what you think or don't
1: go to whatever platform you listen to this podcast on and give us a good five-star rating even if you don't really like us just give us five stars let's yeah. keep doing even if you going. give us the finger the whole yeah. time i don't care
0: yeah five <laughs> star and finger i'm okay with it all right till next time till next time